Welcome to the Love It Up podcast. I'm Sarah Flannery. I'm Megan Johnson. And I'm Danae Osted. Hang around because we did it, you guys. We actually talked about what we've been talking about talking about for a while. <laughs> We're talking about the uh, emotional states of going through change. And the big one, the Valley of Despair. So hang around, get ready for it, buckle up. Enjoy. This episode, we are talking about a theme that has risen up multiple times in our previous episodes. We've been threatening to talk about it for every episode <laughs> thus far. <laughs> Lots of threats, most of them empty, but we're coming it's through. We're coming right to now. fruition, baby. Yeah. yeah. So we are talking about um, different stages that one goes through when either starting a business, starting something new, a new routine. This can be felt in multiple different aspects of whenever starting something new. I love this because uh, the dweeb in me, which is a large uh, portion of <laughs> Megan Johnson, uh, really loves understanding why things are. Like, I seek to understand the world and then share that knowledge. Like, that's my life. And uh, so I love this because you can see it working in so many different aspects and so many different lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I see it in every single client that I, I work with, right? This is why they come to me. But um, if you understand how this works, it's so much easier to get through it. I would agree with that. And like, so this, um, this whole concept, the, whatever, the emotional states of change Mm -hmm. is really the overarching concept here. Um, but really this is the Valley of Despair episode, you guys. So (laughs) surprise, surprise. You've heard about it. We're, we're actually doing it. So just for some context. So this is an idea that I read about first off in the 12 week year. And I don't remember that much else about the book, if I'm being completely honest, but I remember it was a really good book with a lot of like really tactical things. But this is, that was the first time that this idea was raised to me and I love it because there's always charts that go along with it. So I'm sure we'll include a chart in the, in the show notes because you need the chart for the full effect really. So don't worry, I've made one. Megan has made one. I like drawing it on a whiteboard because I'm that, I'm that specific brand of, of <laughs> and I have good handwriting, so it works. She does um, have good handwriting. Yeah. Well, well look the, at weird stuff, you guys. And the cool thing about this is there's so many different modalities that prove this as a truth. That you have to go through and so we're going to talk about that a little bit because i love sharing that knowledge but i think the other thing i'd love to include in this episode with you guys is um just like your experience with it you yeah. know and danae touched on this a little bit talking about her year in the episode um that we recorded about gratitude and uh kind of how she's going through that and it's just so it was so great but um so maybe I'm gonna force you to talk about that again, but that's okay. It was um, so great. Thank you. I I appreciate that. So I think that the the best way to go through this because we don't have we don't have a whiteboard. I suppose we can make a, a quick little video later, but um, we're just gonna kind of walk through through step by step what this looks like. So um, you know, for context here, we talk about the emotional state of change. That's any change. I think the context that we talk about the most for this particular subject is usually when it comes to starting a business because all three of us um, are in a business that requires not only a lot of self-development, but it also requires an element of sales. 
And sales is not always easy. <laughs> and it's especially not easy when you start. Right. Um, you know, I teach classes in real estate offices, and this is something, this specific concept is something I always include because people don't know it's coming. Right. They don't know it's coming. But once they do, then it's so much less scary. Or they're in the middle of it and they think it's never going to end. Yeah. And the, it kind of shines light on the end of the valley. Right. So if we could draw a line for you in your mind, and it starts with this um, this really steep peak, and then you come back down the other side of that mountain, and then the line continues back upwards, but at a slower rate of increase. So you've got an, a high increase, and then a, a really severe decrease, and then a slow increase coming out of that. And the Valley of Despair sits just on the other side of the mountain. So you go up the mountain, you come down the mountain quickly, and then you hit this bottom. And that is the Valley of Despair that's really hard. Um, but the line continues from there at a slower rate back up this up the slope. Okay, so let's let's start at the beginning here. Let's let's walk through this step by step. So the the for the first step, the first step of change when or the first stage when you start something new um, is what we like to call unconscious incompetence, Mm -hmm. right? Or um, a ridiculous amount of optimism and enthusiasm. (laughs) But when we say unconscious incompetence. What we really mean is you don't know what you don't know. Right. Okay. So the best example of this is let's say the first of the year. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know, we're recording this on December 30th. So um, New Year's Eve is quickly approaching. How many people start something new in the first of the year? Oh, literally everyone, right? So, well, at least they're starting a new year. Exactly, right? Well, if nothing, if nothing else, right? So, the, one of the easiest examples of this is a new workout plan, mm-hmm. right? So, I'm going to start a new workout plan the first of the year. I'm going to go in. I'm going to work out two, three hours a day. Um, I'm going to eliminate all sugar and alcohol and caffeine and fat from my diet. Brutal. Um, really. I'm going to drink two gallons of water what? a day. Wow. Because um, just just for the hell of it. And I'm excited about it because I see all these transformation pictures on Instagram and I'm going to lose 50 pounds and it's going to be immediate and it's going to be gratifying. And, and it's going to be easy. And I'm going to look great by Martin Luther King Jr. Day. When is Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Spring. Spring. <laughs> That's a cop out, but I'll take it because I feel about the same, about the same way. So anyway, in the context of a new in the context of a new business, that means so let's say let's say real estate. Let's say you're getting into real estate and you see on all of your friends' Facebook pages, all of your friends who have gotten into real estate, it looks like they're just crushing it because they're posting pictures of the houses they've sold all the time and they're driving a new car and it looks fun and it looks easy. So you get into real estate and it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be easy. And I remember when I started real estate school, I'm not in real estate anymore, just for context, but um, for very specific context, I remember sitting in classes when I started off thinking, this is gonna be awesome. I'm going to make a million dollars a year. It's going to be great, even though I don't know anything about the industry, even though I'm 21, even though I've never bought or sold my own house in my life. I'm going to be amazing at this. I remember people coming in and telling us like, hey, you know, I didn't sell a house for six months. I didn't sell a house for a year. It took me a really long time to make money. And I'm sitting there with my, you know, 21-year-old ego thinking, but I'm I'm special. Right. So this is going to be easy right. for pitch me, pitch right? Pitch. Yeah. 
so wait let's talk about all of our experiences in each phase okay let's yeah let's 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 roll through that (laughs) mine is very similar to the real estate thing where it's like you're in an environment where you watch all of these people just getting leads making deals crushing it doing the whole nine and you're like oh you should go into sales you'd be great at it (laughs) yeah okay that sounds like a great idea not it's not as easy as they made it look and you, what they neglected to talk about was how long it took them to get there <laughs> right. and how many people right. had quit before but, they got to that yes. point but in this but in this phase you were excited <coughs> ready to go oh yeah my licensing got done in like in like three weeks yeah um you know I took my test I was like let's do there it full blown like yep I'm sending this uh, when I was with Vertex, I'm sending this many flyers, I'm making this many phone calls, I'm telling everybody that I yep. know that I'm a loan officer, and I'm going to help you get into a home. Yeah. Boom. For me, when I decided I was going to start a coaching business, I was like, well, I've got all this experience in business. Like, this is going to be so easy. I had my website up in a week. I was enrolled in classes. I was enrolled in the certification. Like, I was going, this is going to be great. Like, nobody can stop me. And the other thing that came along with that was a lot of energy. Like, I was excited. Yep. I felt a lot of energy. Um, I I was just very happy in this stage and very, very excited. So, yeah, that's where I was here. I, I want to add here, too, because I had a very, like, similar experience. The, what, what I don't want to get across here is that anybody who's in this stage is just a big old, like, idiot dumb dumb yeah, and not at all. your life is going to come crashing down like that's not necessarily <laughs> the case and you know the best part about this stage is that you're enthusiastic yes. you're excited because you know what most people never do something new or exciting mm-hmm. and right? i would feel like it can tap into your passion yeah like you're like you found it you're excited and you're like yes 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 and yep. that passion is huge to, to Well, have. and you'll need it for later. Yes. Yeah, but, but sometimes it's a catalyst for other things in your life. You do one big, exciting, scary thing, and it dominoes into a bunch of other big, exciting, scary things. And it's not a bad thing to be in this phase because people will talk to you just because you're excited. Yes. You can't transfer to somebody else which you aren't feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you're excited, when you have energy, when you have enthusiasm, when, when you're starting something new, people want to help you. Yes. They want to help you. They want to do business with you. They want to do whatever whatever they can, even if they don't necessarily want to do business with you themselves. Right. Like, they're excited for you. Yeah. yeah. Right? If nothing else. So that's the first stage is you don't know what you don't know. You don't know how hard it's going to be. You're really just excited about it. And you it, are – this is the phase where you are climbing up to the peak of the mountain. And you – and the, this phase is from start to the peak. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. All things are going great. All good. So let's let's take it down a notch and uh, let's talk about the next stage, which is conscious incompetence. Conscious incompetence. The other the other name I've heard for this phase is informed pessimism. Okay? <laughs> informed pessimism. So um, what that means is maybe you've been at your new career. Maybe you've had a few weeks of working out. You've done a little bit. You've tried some things. So now you're three weeks into January. You've been on your workout plan. Um, you worked out two hours a day for the first week. Um, you got really, really sore. You peed all the time. You peed all the time because of the two <laughs> gallons of water. Um, you realize that you're not used to living without a lot of carbs. You realize you get cranky without 
wine after work. Realize <laughs> that coffee sucks without cream and sugar in it. Personal opinion. Wrong. Um, but personal opinion. All right. I'm getting a lot of like nasty looks <laughs> right now. I it's second gross. you it's 110%. I know. I'm a little baby. But anyway. Um, you realize that some of those things suck. And guess what? Three weeks into your workout, you might lose some water weight. You know, you might lose a few pounds really quickly. But have you made the massive transformation that you were hoping for? Nope. Probably not. Are you sore? Hell yes. Yep. Are you tired? Definitely. Yeah, you betcha. Do you have laundry to do all the time? <laughs> yep. Especially when you have to wear two sports bras to work out. <laughs> nice. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I'll one side larger never mind <laughs> we'll, we'll do that episode at another, at another point too so um in a business maybe what this looks like is totally on a tangent you guys um in in a business maybe what this looks like is let's say you got into real estate this is my easiest specific example and you tried calling a few people and guess what um people don't necessarily want to be a guinea pig for you Mm-hmm. They know that you haven't really done this for that long. They know that you don't have that much experience. They know that you were a bartender or you were had a corporate job or you're coming straight out of college or you were a stay-at-home mom. They know that your background isn't in real estate and they're not necessarily willing to trust you with things. Maybe they didn't send you a whole bunch of referrals off the bat. Maybe a couple of deals fell off, right? Informed pessimism. Informed pessimism can be summed up by maybe this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, perfect. It's That's where you you start... You're, like, shocked by how hard it's going to be, how much you don't know, how much you weren't prepared, um, and how much um, extra work you didn't anticipate. Uh, So I see this in my clients. This is really where clients start showing up for business coaching because they're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, So a lot of times this was I got into blank business, let's say photography, because I love photography. Like, I love it. I take great pictures. People compliment them all the time. I've even maybe even won photography awards. Like, I'm great at it. I understand how to price them. I can make a business out of it. But then they forget, like, they have to figure out how payment processing. They have to figure out taxes. They have to figure out a website. They have to figure out uh, power partners mm-hmm. and seasonality of their business and travel expenses. And all the outside pieces of doing what they're so passionate about are much more difficult than their the passion side of their business because it's not what they're passionate about. Yep. So that's when stuff gets really, really hard and you start sliding or full on head over feet rolling down the mountain into the valley of despair. And and for me that took that was probably who uh probably an eight month process because I was like I'm the person that is like, oh problem, I'll find a way to fix it. Give me another problem. I'll find a way to fix it. And it was just like the slog of constant new problems that I had to fix would really <clears throat> wore me down. And I didn't want to stop with the absolute like white knuckle effort that I was putting in initially when you have all that excitement and I was still putting in all that effort, but it was tearing me apart every day because I wasn't get I didn't I wasn't getting anywhere. It was yeah. so much harder and there was all these pieces I didn't understand and I didn't anticipate I had to completely rebuild a network that I had left. Um, so I think this period of time is different for every person and for what they have and what their business is. But this is, uh, this is like demoralizing. I will, I will say that along those lines too, sometimes it's not the technical stuff. All of, all of these phases, all of them are mostly mental. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's mostly mental. And I can tell you the hardest part about informed pessimism for me, and I think for most um, women in sales, if I can be very, very general, is this is the part where I started experiencing rejection. Mm. That's it. And, you know, in my in my other lives, I've never done anything objectionable. Hey, and by that, I mean, I never asked anything of anybody literally ever. You know, I don't because I think most women tend to be givers for mm-hmm. the most part. I've structured my life around what other people want. Mm-hmm. I don't really ask people to do things for me or with me or to support me in very specific ways. Mm-hmm. And so getting into something like sales, whatever context that's in, and if you're in a business, you're in sales. Oh yeah. That's yeah. it. Like <laughs> yeah. point blank, you have to figure out how to communicate what it is that you're doing to people and in a way that, that makes them feel like you care about them and you understand. But guess what? People are going to say no. And it's mm-hmm. really, really hard because sometimes people aren't very kind uh-huh. about saying no. Yep. And it's hard, man. Yep. It's really hard, especially uh, because, you know, I'm the kind of person who I care a lot about other people. And you guys do too. I, I know you do. And this community, especially of women, of, of female entrepreneurs, is centered around caring about other people. And it's really hard to care so much about other people and not care what they think about you. Yeah. Well, and absolutely. man, yeah. it's rough. Yeah. It's really yeah. rough. So that's like, that's the hardest part for, for me about this, this descent into <laughs> the valley, you know, of the valley of despair, <laughs> which we're, which we're, we're getting to here is rejection. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And I yeah. think. Of some of the where I struggled with this, where I tumbled pretty quickly. Ironically enough, <clears throat> I went to a conference, maybe right in the beginning, and it helped fuel the enthusiasm, and you got all these ideas, and then you come back and you execute the ideas. Ooh, that execution was far from flawless. Let me tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. you know, in in the mortgage world, you hear you need to be a value. You need to be a value. And this drives me crazy. And I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) And like, I was trying all these things and I was just falling right on down constantly over and over. And it was just like, but but you're right. It is really mental because your business could be still growing. You could still be bringing in revenue. You could still be creating the partnerships that you want. And in, in every way that you could look at data to decide the health of your business, your business could be still really healthy and growing and even profitable at this point. But the fact that you're just getting kicked in the teeth, realizing how much you don't know, because that's why it's because that's why it is called um, the conscious incompetence, like in your face every day, something new that's like, you don't know, I don't know how to do this or gosh, I I didn't, I'm not as good as I thought I was or all of these things that really like, Oh, just kick us in the teeth, you know, every yep. day. So it doesn't mean that your business isn't doing well. Well, it's funny looking back because now all of the things that were absolute tragedies when they <laughs> happened to me, I'm like, that happens to me eight times a week now. I eat that shit for <laughs> breakfast, you know? Ready. Right. Right. I remember yep. that I had a I had a literal breakdown because I had a client out of state who is like an 80-year-old man. He would only meet over the phone. Like, I'd never met him in person. And 
I made a recommendation and it was the biggest chunk of money I'd ever tried to work with. Now it's one of the smallest chunks of money I'm working with. And that's like, that's a big deal. But at the time I was like, yeah, this is, this is a really big deal. Like this means a lot for me. And I, I was so focused on what it would do for me instead of focusing on like what it would do for him. But that wasn't really the point. The point was that he just didn't understand what I was explaining because he was 80 years old and he couldn't use a computer. So it was all over the phone, but I had, he just didn't get it, so we didn't move forward with anything, and I just had a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is the most dramatic shit. So, like, in my office, lights off, like, head on my desk, just sobbing. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys can picture this now. It's exactly as dramatic as it sounds. <laughs> but looking back, I'm like, you know what? He didn't actually, like, say no to me. He just didn't get it. I wasn't explaining it well enough, mm-hmm. or... You know, we weren't on the same page or I didn't have the words because I hadn't explained the concept enough times or, you know, maybe we just, maybe I needed to email him some visuals in advance or whatever it was. It wasn't actually a rejection. It was just a, I don't understand this or I'm not ready right now or you haven't explained the value to me well enough. And so much of the time, the rejection when you first get into a business or something like that, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's literally just, well, oh, what you're doing is great, but I don't see a need for it or you know what, you said all the words right, but you're not really confident enough to make me move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those things you have to go through, but they're never as bad as you think they were. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. true. Never, right. you know? And it's it's so funny. So that's, um, you know, I encourage you guys to look back once you've, once you've gotten past yeah. these points and realize, wow, like, yeah. not everything was as bad as I And as, as you're I tumbling down this hill and you're getting, you're getting a kick and then another kick and then another kick, um, it just, each one of them feels bigger and bigger and bigger yeah it just gets worse yeah yeah because so finally at the end of it for me it was like it could have been as simple as like i don't have any business cards left and it was like i i should quit everything's terrible (laughs) this is horrible i should go get a job again and there's 100 percent those moments when you're here and um and that's okay that's okay but the the fearful the part i fear for people that are like Let's pretend it's this photographer again. I know your your example is a realtor. Let's use a realtor. That this realtor that gets here can't see past the bottom. Mm-hmm. They think there's no bottom. They think they'll never get better. And so the next two stages, um, and the, the way I describe them is the four stages of learning. Um, the next two stages are really encouraging so stick with us because if you're if you're hit the bottom or you're tumbling down that mountain yeah you're approaching the bottom we want you to know that it gets better it does so the next on that note the next stage um and i i fully consider this a stage the next stage is rock bottom yeah it's the valley of despair the valley of despair and we've talked about this multiple times the valley of despair is rock bottom and it sucks so um does rock bottom happen once no 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 i think i can count multiple times when i've sat down with the two of you in rock bottom tears outside of monk and mongoose like sunglasses (laughs) on because i can't like it's just like nope no yep i think that day i called danae and i was like can you 
come over. I think we need to double up on this one. <laughs> I'm laughing because you're crushing it so hard right now. <laughs> that like thinking about just a, like uh, whatever that was six eight months ago that you were having such a hard time mm-hmm. is is insane. But so I think of this this valley of despair. Has anybody seen Hot Rod? No. No. Oh my god. Jason's right. nodding. <laughs> right. Jason Hot Rod for anybody who hasn't seen this, and I'll show you guys a, a quick video clip afterwards. Hot Rod is an Andy Samberg movie. It's ridiculous. It's basically this like this comedy um, with the guys from Lonely Island from SNL. If you know who that is, okay. Anyway, um, I thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Is that the um, I'm on a boat guys? Yes. Okay. It's the I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. It's the Dick in a Box guys. It's the That's the just whole. Yeah, and Lonely Island. Anyway. Lonely Island featuring Justin Timberlake. Let's anyway, not bore these people with this. Nobody's bored with this, except for you guys, because you haven't seen the, <laughs> the goddamn movie. So, anyway, Hot Rod, it's like set in the 80s, essentially. It's this guy who rides a bike, and he's trying to basically emulate even, Evil Knievel. Right, so he's like this stunt man or this guy who wants to be a stunt man mm-hmm. so bad. He has this fake mustache. He always wears a jumpsuit. Yes. It's ridiculous. So there's a scene where he's punch dancing in the woods, like in Flashdance. He <laughs> goes to like an abandoned yes. warehouse and just punches dances out his, his feelings, right? Punch dancing in the woods should be a band name. It definitely should, but he he was talking, like, I punch danced out my feelings in a, in a wooded glen. So he's basically, like, dancing to an 80s song. It's obviously a stunt double. He's doing flips and stuff. And at the very end, he does this flip. And he just goes over the side of a cliff and he just keeps tumbling and tumbling. It's this long, exaggerated scene. And I lose it every time because once you think he's at the bottom and it just goes off another cliff and it just keeps tumbling and it just keeps gathering speed. And at this point, you're like, oh, this guy is dead. He has to be dead. And then it just goes over another cliff. And I'm just like dying with laughter at the end of this. That's what this feels like. Yes! I haven't seen the video and I totally the show notes. 100%. So that's what the Valley of Despair feels like. Just when you think it can't get any worse, it gets worse. And in (laughs) in essence, it's that's when, in a very more more technical way than Andy Samberg falling off a cliff, (laughs) it's you put in the work over and over and over again, and your results don't match your effort. Yep. That's it. And you're starting to feel like maybe it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Maybe I'm not competent. Maybe this isn't what I meant to do. Maybe I'm an idiot for quitting my job and starting something different. Maybe I should just go back to whatever, eating a box of Oreos a day and, you know, drinking all the time or, you know, whatever in this, in this specific nutrition and workout plan example. That's the value of despair when you're putting in work and you're tired and you're sore and you've gotten kicked around a whole bunch and that's what it feels like. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when people quit, whatever it is they're doing, when they quit their new workout plan, when they quit their new business, when they quit a new relationship, whatever that looks like, um, it's usually in, in these stages two and three here. Mm-hmm. You know, this things are starting to get hard. Oh, I didn't realize things could get this hard. Oh, they've even gotten harder. I need to quit because I don't know what else I can do. Yeah, that's it. That's what the Valley Despair feels like. And it sucks, you guys. And I can tell you, you might hit this multiple times and you might hit it in different parts of your business in different times. You will. Because I can tell you that there are parts of my business where I'm like, you know what? I've hit the Valley of Despair on this. And guess what? I'm crushing it there now. But I can tell you I'm coming up on parts of my business now where I'm like, 
wow, right. like I thought I was smarter than this, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. so really hard. So don't expect this to be one and done when you get to new levels. No, right? exactly. it just, you know, you have new valleys and that's okay. Yep. Exactly. But it's trending upwards over time. And I, I, I want to talk about that because the next stage of this is conscious competence, conscious yeah. competence. That means I know that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know my shit. Yep. Exactly. I know my shit. And even if it's not a, like, I'm a badass, I rock this, it's sometimes it's, I know that if I make 10 phone calls, that two people are going to say yes to me. Yep. Yep. I know that if I put in this work, I get these results, yep. no questions asked, this is how it works. Yes. And sometimes it takes time and it takes experience to get to that place. Right. Um, but that's exciting. Yeah. It, it also can be like, I know that this thing that I thought was going to be super successful isn't going to be. Yeah. And so I need to change that piece of whatever I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. I love taking pictures of poodles in thrown into trees, but nobody wants to buy a picture of a poodle you've thrown into a tree. So stop throwing poodles into trees <laughs> and taking pictures of them because it's, does, it's not a sustainable business. Like, stop doing that. Also, please don't abuse any animals. No animals are hurt in the payment. The poodles are enthusiastic at this point. <laughs> if that's an actual business, I need some information for something unrelated. I literally <laughs> just made it. Uh, but, so that's part of, like, you're becoming competent in the knowledge, like, that doesn't work. Yeah. I need to adjust. Yep. So, yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time on this, on this stage personally, but I can tell you that it, it starts to feel so much better. Yep. The, the sense of confidence, and that's what actual real confidence is. And I, I struggle a lot with this concept because, especially in our a little bit more, I'm trying to think how to phrase this, girl bossy circles, mm-hmm. right? I think that a lot of times people talk so much about how, you know, you have value, you have worth, you're, you know, you're amazing and you're beautiful and you're strong and you're, you're all of these things. And that's great because everybody has inherent worth just as a person and value and things like that. But confidence, real self-confidence comes from doing shit that's hard for you <coughs> and coming out on the other side. Yeah. Good at it. Yeah. That's a really, really big deal. And that's yeah. real confidence. That's big dick energy. I have to say it one time each episode. <laughs> like it. That's, that's what that is. That's what conscious yeah. confidence feels like is I know what I'm talking about. And you know what? Those results compound on each other because when you say the, ex- you could be saying the exact same words that you'd been saying since the day you started, but because you have confidence behind those words, mm-hmm. your results are going to explode. Yeah absolutely explode there's also a really important piece of this where you're accepting the things you don't know yes instead of just feeling shitty about them yep. like you're accepting i hate for me this was once like i hate social media i'm not good at it i'm not because i hate it i'm not consistent about it i i, I hated it and so i realized like guess what i should do get some help yep like i'm just accepting that that's not something that i'm good at I want to place my effort somewhere else. And so I'm figuring out a way to accept that piece um, and still push forward. So yep. I think acceptance is really important. I agree. I really I really like this part too. It is, has anybody read um, Maria Forleo's um, Everything is Figure Outable? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And I think that those <clears throat> concepts really start to stick once you've figured out some stuff. Yep. And that's where you get to in conscious confidence is – 
I figured out some stuff. I've done some stuff that's hard for me that I didn't think I could do. And guess what? I found a solution. Yep. Mm -hmm. I found a solution. I found better scripts or I found better coaching or I hired an assistant or I outsourced all my social media or whatever it is. You can figure everything out, even if that means sometimes pushing it off your plate. So, yeah, I I want to kind of just uh, allude to the last level here because um, the way that I was explaining this in the first place and the way I read it in the book this, this last stage is unconscious competence. Unconscious competence. So what that means, essentially, is you're doing all of the right things, and you don't have to think about it anymore. Yep. So yep. I don't know if... <coughs> the way it was explained to me is that you might not ever get to that stage. Mm. And that's okay. Sometimes... Because, look, I can tell you I'm good at a lot of things in my business, but I still have to think about them. I still have to think about a, a lot of stuff. I still have to be very conscious about the things that I'm doing. Right. And I don't know if, if most people in most stages of life or business ever really get to the point. Even when you think about, like, people who are um, – I think you can almost get there. Like, people who, who have been in, we'll say, fitness yep. for a really long time. When you start working out, you have to think about it. You know, you really have to put some effort in. You have to go through the peaks and valleys. And, you know, people who have been in it still go through it. I don't know if there's ever a point, even if you're at the highest, whatever, peak of fitness, that you can really just go on autopilot. It might be part of your routine. You might have I, habits. You might have conditioning. I'm going to disagree. That's okay. Uh, here, you're wrong, but I mean. <laughs> I, no. I, I think you're confusing. I think you're confusing entering into a new process with uh, with unconscious competence because like you don't have to think about walking you don't well, think about, <laughs> I do I do often <laughs> but you know what I mean like you 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 just it becomes second nature to you you know how to do it you're really good at it just because you're not struggling anymore with anything doesn't mean you haven't entered unconscious competence in certain things so because this is the four stages of learning, once you've learned it, when we're using the term unconscious competence, you've learned it, you've mastered it, you've got it. You don't need to think about the English English language once you're fluent in it. Um, well, depending on how many glasses of wine you have. <laughs> All that caveat goes with everything. Um, but, you, but you've gotten there. And here's the threat that I see in unconscious competence is you no longer sell your ability to do it because you're so good at it, you don't think about it, it just happens. And so I struggled with this in certain areas of business because I help people in ways that I no longer recognize that I'm helping people. Okay. Because it is just so second nature of me, <coughs> um, for instance, to get people to stop talking shit about themselves. I'm like, it's so obvious to me when they do it, I call them out on it, I'm like, correct that, correct that. Um, and so for me, I have to, I have to have my circle of people that trust, that I trust that say, no, Megan, that's an important sales factor of what you do in your coaching practice is you help people change their mindset around the way they speak to them, to, to and about themselves. And for me now, I don't even recognize that I'm doing it in session. And so I, so I don't sell that aspect as much as stuff that I really focus on and work on and spend time um, making sure I do well for clients because I haven't come, I have, that's not second nature to me yet. I guess, I guess the way that I, that I conceptualize this in my brain is in the context of, you know, when I see people, my business is a really easy example because 
the actions that you take in my business don't really change the farther along you get. Right. You still have essentially the same conversations. It's just at a higher level with people who have more money, essentially. Or you're leading a larger group of people Mm -hmm. is basically what that looks like. And, you know, I go through all of these things where I really have to think about what I'm saying. And, you know, maybe there are parts of my business that I don't have to think about as much anymore. But in the context of, like, running a business, if you're actually learning and growing and Mm -hmm. progressing along the way, does that mean you're just starting new cycles? Or is it just the same one? Because I see people in my, you know, like, my senior partner, he makes whatever, a million something a year, you know, a couple hundred thousand, give or take, extra, whatever, Um, you know, pocket change. But, you know, he still every single day is going through like different struggles and different learning curves and all of these growth processes. He doesn't feel like he's where he wants to be, you know, maybe he's still going through and and maybe I'm answering my own question Mm -hmm. is, are these just all overlapping cycles of just starting new things over and over again? Cause if you're looking at one overarching, like, uh, here's my career. Here's where I first started. Here's one of the Valley of despairs. Here's where I started getting competent. You know, if it's just one big cycle, then I don't think you ever reach whatever this nirvana is. No, you don't, like, you always have you to know? Learn new things. When you start a business, you have of all of these uh, Dunning Kruger effect lines, right? That you have, you have three million of them when you start, because you have to learn so many new things, and right. you're you're starting so many new processes and new habits and creating all these things that these are all overlapped. So when, so when we look at this at a macro level, like you're describing, we're looking at all these individual points that you're learning and, and, and going through at different points. And, and there's a million points of data, but then we pull back and at a macro level, the same Valley of Despair cycles happening overall, all right. but you're getting to enlightenment, you're getting to unconscious confidence in several of them. And so you're moving, but then as your as your career moves, you're having to take on new things. So you're starting up the the uh, mountain on this new thing that you have to learn because now you have to suddenly figure out how to manage thirty people mm-hmm. and versus five or one or, or two. Yeah, ha- have thirty people on your team, but now you have to hire this new position within the company. Mm-hmm. And so you, these are all just like individual lines and we're talking about it as in a macro way Mm -hmm. but like learning to tie your shoes and uh zip your pants and go to the bathroom without peeing on your pants are all individual lines that kindergartners have to do i gave up on the zipper thing (laughs) because my pants are stretchy (laughs) gave up i mean like you have to they're all individual things on a macro level it, it though your life feels like this uh process that we're talking through but it's all because there's all these desperate individual pieces that you have to learn and go through. Yeah. Does that make sense at all? No, that definitely made sense. It's, I'm glad we're having this conversation because now I'm like picturing this in like this matrix kind of it way. It's like one curve and then it separates and then it's like a million curves and they're all overlapping mm-hmm. and there's the matrix numbers like cascading in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole... It is. It's, it, I really wish I was getting graphic design so I could just communicate the visuals and the graphics that like... You know, I had a, this is a small tangent, indulge me. Whatever. When I was in the military and I was in signal school, we had to learn, like, how signals propagate and move and go through the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I had this this moment where I was like, 
realizing that there's all these signals in the air, like the room that we're sitting in right now, your phones and the TV and Wi-Fi, and there's radio signals from the, like the radio stations you're buying, there's TV and there's all this sort. If you could see all of that, your brain would fucking explode. Like it, it would explode if you could see all of these signals moving around the world that we live in, right? And that's what you just reminded me of. If you could see all of the processes, the learning that you're going through, especially in the early stages of business, you would get, like, it's overwhelming how much you're trying to change. The humans are incredible that they're able to manage all this and continue to push through because there's so much growing and change that's going on all the time. It's incredible to me. People are amazing. There's so much potential. It's true. Sorry. Random. Thing. That was great. No, I don't <clears throat> sorry for it. That was fit in very well to what I was talking about. Jason's a fan, so I got I got the thumbs up. No finger guns. But I did get the thumbs up. Pew pew. Pew pew pew. <laughs> Alright. What did we leave out of this conversation? Um I think that I don't know if there's a lot that we left out, but I will say that if I know that somebody is going to be starting something new, mm-hmm. like we have, a, we have a mutual friend who I remember when she started her photography business and <laughs> I was like, we need to get coffee. And I just sat her down and I literally just explained this concept, like start to finish. I'm pretty like, sure we were talking about it at level up and she was one of the ones that were like, no, this isn't going to happen to me. I'm pretty much pretty sure I'm sitting next to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure she is. Did we speak about this mutual friend today? Yes. Yes. She's amazing, by the way. She is, she is amazing. amazing. But I remember because I was like, you know, she's about to start this incredible journey, homeward bound, like all of these like exciting new things in her life. Thank you for laughing at my I love my that movie. Um, the ones you get anyway. But <laughs> what a backhanded compliment. That wasn't, that wasn't a backhanded compliment because you guys you reference you guys reference things all the time that was from just like slightly before it was like I would have seen it. <laughs> Like you guys are just slightly older than than me, and I'm slightly older than Jason, so we just miss references sometimes <laughs> by a hair. And Jason, not an insult, just a fact. Yeah, you're fine. I'm not insulted. But Jason's poor Jason sits over there half the time. I'm sure, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's not a good. You guys look great. <laughs> I didn't get it. Get closer together. Yeah, but he got the hot rod one, and that's really what was important. Really missing out. Yeah. <laughs> They um, probably say cool beans. They don't know where it came from. Cool, cool beans. Yeah, cool beans has been around for a while before that, yeah. though. So Not that's me, that's that actually it. <laughs> that's how. We, that's how you can place our age. When did you first find out about cool beans? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, back on track. Having coffee um, with our friend. I think it is so helpful to know this in advance yep. because then you're prepared for it. Mm-hmm. You can suit up for battle if you know it's coming. Yeah. Right, but if you're only listening to people in your life who are, um, I'll say blindly optimistic, because you can be very positive, you can be very very encouraging, but you can also help prepare people for what's coming in a yes. way that's encouraging instead mm-hmm. of negative. So if somebody's about to start something new, I would encourage having this conversation in a way that's look, you're going to go through all of these things, but you're going to be a million times better just for sticking it out. Yep. That's yep. it. And we've talked a little bit before about, and I, this concept totally relates to how, um, and I can't remember when we talked about this. I feel like it was one of the, one of the podcasts. So, you know, we talked about how in any given business, 
right? Or we'll even say in life change, we'll say fitness. But in any given business, there's the the one-year room of people, right? And mm-hmm. in real estate, it's huge. The turnover in real estate is absolutely insane. Yep. It's insane. It's the same in mortgage. It's the same in finance. Yep. It's <clears throat> maybe, in, maybe in coaching too. Maybe. Uh, it, because it's a low barrier to entry, which all these are, mm-hmm. um, you always have a, a lot of interests, but they don't all stay. So yeah, that, exactly. that'll apply to any low barrier. Yeah, so we'll say low, low barrier to entry. So we're not talking about people who, uh, whatever, spend however many years it takes to go through medical school. Right. Doctorates. Yeah, yeah. doctorates, Doctor right? Or I have, to, I have to buy a million-dollar franchise, like stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Things that have a real barrier to entry. So in this specific context that we're talking about, whether it's, real estate or, or finance or coaching or whatever it is that you decide to to get into. Photography is a really good one. Yep. Blueberry is mentioned photography, is. right? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is that you're getting into, there's these metaphorical rooms that you're talking about. And I like this concept because I, I went to a conference in August where um, it was Ed Milet who was speaking. And he had everybody raise their hand and was like, okay, who's here for the first time? And everybody was like, woo, yeah. And it's like, 60% of the room mm-hmm. is there for the first time. And they're all, all of them are in that unconscious incompetence <laughs> stage. And I'm like, oh, you poor dummies. Like, is, yes. You know, that's, that's kind of how it was. And he was like, you know what? I'm excited for you. I'm so excited for you. But most of you guys aren't going to be here after next year. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, okay, who here has been here for more than 10 years? More than 10 years. And the cheers were quieter significantly but when you looked at the group when you looked at the people who were cheering it was all the people down in the front section yep in the bottom of the stadium all of the people who were making more than a million dollars a year yep and the whole point was look just by sticking it out you're a winner that's it. Just by essence of staying, by going through the hard stuff, by mm-hmm. sticking it out. It's, I've heard multiple people say it. It's not as hard. It's not as competitive once you get to the top because so few people just stick around. So, so much of this is just not quitting. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah. just going through stuff. And even if you have valleys because you're going to have valleys, understand that those are going to happen and you're you're winning just by not letting those valleys knock you out of whatever it is that you're doing. Yep. That's it. Giving yourself the opportunity to get to the other side of the valley. Yeah. Like just like I totally recognize that there's stuff in life where you have to quit. You got to get a job. You, you know, you've got kids or a family or whatever, or stuff happens and there is no shame in having to make a change for, for your life. But if you can, and this is what you want to do, and you want to stick it out, and honestly, that is one of the first ways I evaluate somebody that wants to work with me. Because if I don't get the feeling from them that they're going to stick it out through this, or that they can, like their life supports them to be able to stick it out, like they're not going to get through that. They're not going to, they're not going to go through the other side where the real, like, just the sweetness of success or seeing it. I was to say where the real victory, the where the real victory is for yourself. It's the other side, yeah. And what's funny is once you once you start seeing people at a high level, it's funny you look at people like um, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, right? This is he's one of my favorite examples because I, I like I follow him on Instagram. He just seems like a good guy. Like yeah. I would like to be friends with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So if anybody can make that happen, 
Please Much do. thanks to you, right? I have just like this list of people who I'm going to be friends with at some point. But he runs all of these different companies. Yep. And he's got a tequila company and he was in, you know, the wrestling thing. And I'm not real clear on the details about that, but he's in all these different he's franchises. No. no, he's into the acting realm. Yeah, no, he's in acting. Yeah. He's done all of these different things. And what's funny is when you start looking at people who are really, really successful, most of them are doing multiple things at a really, really high level. And the reason that they can do that is because they're not starting from zero every single time. Right. Once you've gone through one valley of despair, once you've gone through the the resiliency that you have to have mm-hmm. to stick it out in something, now you have the skills necessary. You're not starting at zero anymore. Now all you have to do is learn a skill. Yep. You have to learn yeah. an industry. You have to learn, you know, something new. But the, the development, the personal building blocks that you have to have in place are already there. Yep. So when you were like, you know what? Maybe real estate isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You get really good at building a real estate business. You stay in it for a long time. Why can't you translate those skills to something else? Yeah. Right? You know, not to mention the resources and the money and the network and the relationships that you've made too. Right. You know, sticking it out is good for you in more reasons than one. And, yep. you know, it, people don't tell you just like, just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I always talk about the power of seeing yourself do something. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the most powerful ways that works in your life is if once you go through that and you're like, whoa, I survived it. I learned all those things and look at where I am now. That is one of the best ways to use the power of seeing yourself do do something because you're like, guess what? It's going to be hard again. And guess what? I'm going to get to the other side. Yeah, because this is the steps I took. This is what I did. And I have, I the, could, ca- I have the capability doing it. Yeah. It's just the difference between, and it, you know, we we kind of talked about this, but we, we didn't really. Um, we talked about how most people quit <coughs> basically between stage two and three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once it starts getting hard, so that informed customers and that volume of despair, that's when people quit. And a lot of times they leave and they go start something else and they quit at the exact same point. Yep. But it's the difference between, if you stick it out and you do something, it's the difference between I did that so I could do this. Right. And the on the flip side is I couldn't do that. Why would I think I could do this? Right. You know, yep. that's the difference we're looking for is that confidence and that self-belief. If you make it through these valleys, you can be unstoppable. Yeah. Right. And this is why people in job interviews ask you about the reason you uh, time you failed. Because they want to know you can get through it. Yeah, they want to know your resiliency. Because that's so valuable. That is so valuable for anybody you have on your team. It's so valuable for you, for your future, to instill in the people that you love. It's just so valuable. And that's why they asked that question for exactly that reason. Have you ever, you guys know the founder of Spanx, Sarah yeah. Barkley? Yeah, I was Sarah, reading an article on her today. Sarah Blakely. She's with uh, quite phenomenal, but if you ever listen to her talk, one of the stories that her dad, she says that her dad did every day, wasn't how was your day, it was what did you fail at today? Every day. And like she said, that is one of the most single-handedly reasons of why Sphinx has become so successful. Oh, she, yeah. Because she failed so many times prior to that that she became so resilient and making sure that this would be successful. Because mm-hmm. there's no success without a line of failure. No. no, it's necessary for growth. Yeah. I think we're all kind of, you know, scared of it. We shy away from it because it doesn't oh, yeah. feel good. Oh, I'll be full everything... disclosure. I was scared as hell for the past no, year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's the secret, is that not everything that feels good is also good for us. Correct. And not everything that feels bad is bad for us. Correct. Nice. 
thing. Oh, solid close, you guys. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> We're gonna. Not everything good is good. Not everything bad is bad. <laughs> so be really confused and have failure. Nice good, <laughs> easy, bad. <laughs> Draw it out on a whiteboard. That's my whole lesson That's for it. level up. Good, go home. Right. Thanks. We finally did it. I know. I was waiting for this because I was so enamored when you guys did it in level up the first time. I'm equally as enamored and I have been through this <laughs> a second time listening to the both of you talk about this. Yeah, I'm really glad we did it. So, Valley Despair. Hey guys, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And what we really need is for you to like, subscribe, comment, share, and let us know what you think and share it with everybody that you want to help level up their life too. So until the next episode, thanks.